0: Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. Join us to learn simple, accessible ways that the seasons, moon phases, and astrology can help you finally create a spiritual self-care practice you can be consistent with. I'm your host, Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow. I'm a practicing witch, a certified astrologer, and a published author. And I'm on a mission to help modern witches like you nourish your mind, body, and intuition so you can be your most magical self all day, every day. Hello everybody and welcome to season Five of the Empowered Modern Witches show. I am so excited that we are kicking off season five. I cannot believe that that is even possible. Um, you know, I started this podcast back in, I think it was early 2020 or maybe 2019. Um, and starting season five just seems crazy and impossible and wonderful. Um, you guys have been listening for so long. In fact, we are very close at the time that I am recording this um, to a hundred thousand podcast downloads um, in the history of the show. So thank you so so much for being a listener. Whether this is the very first episode you've ever listened to, or if you've been listening for years, um, I appreciate your support so so very much. So we are starting season five with a really really juicy topic. We are going to be talking today about how to practice shadow work. So this is one of the most common questions I get. It's one of the most popular topics, uh, one of the most popular blog posts from my website that's been on there for years and years. Um, And I thought it was about time that we gave it a little bit of an update and brought it onto the podcast. Um, Shadow work is such an important, such a powerful practice, but it's one that is really shrouded in a lot of mystery and in a lot of ways, a lot of controversy. So we're going to talk about all of that in today's episode, and we're going to get. Get really specific and actionable about how do you actually do shadow work? Because I know a lot of people have this like idea of what it is. They have a concept of it, but they're like, how do I actually do it? Um, so that's what we're going to do today before we move into that though. I just want to share with you that the fourth annual empowered modern witches summit, uh, the summit that goes along with our podcast here, um, is open for registration. So the fourth annual summit is happening. September 18th to 22nd, 2023. That is very, very shortly in the future. Um, and the summit is an annual event where we celebrate the autumn equinox. Um, we're going to have over 15 of your favorite witches and authors and astrologers coming to share their wisdom uh, all about how you can create a consistent spiritual practice using the seasons, the moon phases, astrology, and all different types of magic. So we're going to be having live and pre recorded sessions every day of the summit. I will be presenting on how to live a magical life. And I'm going to be talking about our Taurus and Libra eclipses that we have coming up this fall, fall 2023. Um, So there's going to be so much really, really good juicy stuff. Um, We have some of your favorite speakers who've been uh, participating in the summit for years like Wendy Mata and Mandy M and Lorraine Anderson. Um, we have some new faces, um, a couple of our new faces. We have April from antler alchemy. Uh, we have Amy Harvey. We have a bunch of just awesome, really cool people coming to join us this year. So make sure that you sign up for your free ticket to the summit. I should have said that earlier. The summit is completely free. It is totally, totally free. So you can come and join all of the live sessions, uh, get access to the replays for a few days after so that you can get caught up all completely for free, but you do need to register for your free ticket. So in the show notes for this episode, you will find a link to go and sign up for your free ticket um, to make sure that you get access to all of that good juicy stuff. Um, Or you can upgrade your ticket to an all access pass. Uh, passes start at just $77 and pass holders get lifetime access to all of the amazing replays plus over $500 in bonuses from all of the speakers. Um, pass holders also get instant access to an eight day email challenge from me. So even if you sign up before the summit, you're going to get instant access to the challenge Um, And that is going to help you really practice magic and self-care as we move into fall into the most magical season um, and really start to incorporate and implement um, magic into your daily life. So, so much juicy stuff, whether you get a free ticket or if you upgrade to the all access pass, um, make sure you click the link and get signed up for the summit. Okay, let's dive in to how to practice shadow work. So first off, I always like to give a definition of shadow work because people often have this kind of a little bit of a nebulous idea of what it means, but there's often a little bit of confusion around it too. So my definition that I like to work with for what shadow work actually is, is that it is the process of first becoming aware that there is a block or an obstacle or limiting belief, something happening internally that is maybe holding you back from who you want to be or where you want to be, right? So the first step in the process is really becoming aware that that problem or issue or thing, right, because it's not necessarily negative, exists. So it's the process of becoming aware and then acknowledging, acknowledging that that thing is real. Um, or that you are experiencing it, and then working to understand it, right? Understanding where does this obstacle actually come from? Where does this limiting belief actually stem from, right? So the first part of shadow work is this process of, you know, becoming aware that something exists within us, uh, acknowledging that it exists, which is a really important step, um, working to understand it. And then beyond that understanding, we have a couple of choices, right? So we can choose to release that shadow, uh, you know, to say that this is no longer serving me. This is no longer true. I release this. I let it go. We can choose to integrate it and to say, actually, this thing that I have believed for so long is a negative is actually a superpower. It's actually a positive thing about me, right? Maybe, uh, you know, people always tell me I'm too much. Well, it turns out actually I'm not too much, I'm amazing, right? I'm super creative and that is a really beautiful energy that I bring to the world, for example. Or we can choose to practice magic around this, this shadow to actually transmute it from something that maybe is more negative into a superpower, into a positive, powerful thing. Okay. So shadow work is this process of self-understanding, of noticing what's going on within us, acknowledging what's going on within us, working to understand it, to actually like really unpack it, and then choosing to release, integrate, or transmute that thing. Okay. Now, a lot of times what we're talking about when we talk about shadows right, are might be limiting beliefs, um, which might either come from our own experiences, right? Maybe we've had some bad experiences, um, in relationships and we feel like, oh, okay. Like that's just how it is. Right. Um, and we, we don't believe that it can be different than that. Or it might be a limiting belief that comes from society that comes from our conditioning, right? We might believe that like, well, you know, I am this thing. I am this identity. I am this person. I am this way. And so therefore I can't, or I shouldn't, do this thing that I want to do, right? I am a woman, so I can't make this much money, right? Fill in the blanks. Um, So shadows often are limiting beliefs that either come from our own experience or come from the world around us. Um, And when they come from the world around us, right, when they're really external, it might be from society like that, right, where it's these kind of like systemic issues um, around gender or race or sexuality, right? But it might also be on more of a, an intimate level, right? It might be things that you've been told over and over by the people around you that you're too much or you're, you know, too, fl- too flaky, too flighty, you're, you know, too emotional, whatever, right? It's often things we're told we are too much of. So a lot of times shadows are limiting beliefs, um, whether they come from any of these sources. It's not the only type of shadow, but I find it's one that we tend to wrestle with a lot is in kind of in this category. Um, And so they often come up in the form of blocks or obstacles that are keeping us from either living the life we want to live, having the relationships we want to have, you know, making the amount of money or having the house that we want to have, having the connection to family that we want to have or not, whatever it might be, right? Um, They often come up, they manifest in our lives in the form of obstacles, so what can we do about this right when we have these and we all have these right we all have shadows what can we what can we do with it well we can practice shadow work so the number one biggest way that we tend to practice shadow work is through journaling so shadow work journaling um and this is really just You know, self reflection ultimately is really all this that first whole portion of shadow work of, you know, awareness and acknowledgement and working to understand it. It's just self reflection. It's about really noticing what's going on. And journaling can be a really powerful way to do that. Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, writing in a diary every day, but it can be, you know, a lot of people like to do that. But if you don't, don't just dismiss shadow work out of hand either, right? You can do it in voice notes um, to yourself on your phone. You can, you know, brain dump in your notes app. I do that a lot. Um, You can, you know, talk it out. Therapy is absolutely shadow work and, and vice versa, right? Shadow work in many ways, we often talk about it as kind of like DIY therapy, but it goes very beautifully hand in hand with being in therapy, right? So, You can almost think of shadow work as like your homework outside of therapy, right? It's the work that you're continuing to do on your own and for yourself and that maybe is informing what you're talking about in therapy and vice versa. Um, So definitely goes hand in hand, right? So really when I say shadow work journaling, quote unquote, whether you're doing this in a journal, doing this in a grimoire, doing this in your voice notes, in your notes app with your therapist, wherever it is that you are doing this, um... It's less about the the practice, right? The actual physical act of journaling, and more about really uh, leaning into the the thought process, the words, right? It's about it's very mercurial in that sense. It's about really focusing on understanding what this is, where it comes from, right? This is the very logical, mental side of shadow work. Um, I almost want to think of shadow work as this part of shadow work as like the magician in the tarot, right? Which is also associated with Mercury. There's this very intellectual kind of space here where we're really just noticing what's going on within us and giving it some meaning, right? Unpacking it saying what, what is going on here? And how do I feel about it? Right? When I have this thought about myself, how does that actually make me feel right? When I think about this belief that I hold that maybe was always subconscious and now has become conscious for me, how does it make me feel that I believe that how would I feel if someone I loved believed that about themselves or about the world, right? That can be a really good prompt sometimes for for noticing where our shadows are holding us back. Um, You know, it's like, would I talk to my best friend this way? No, I wouldn't even let her talk to herself that way, right? So the first portion of shadow work is very therapeutic. It's very mental. It's very intellectual, right? Very psychological, whether we're doing that on our own or in a therapeutic container. Now, I will also say that shadow work can be very tender, right? And sometimes we stumble across or we become very conscious of some shadows that we really can't or probably shouldn't try to address by ourselves on our own. And when that happens, when shadow work just gets entirely too tender, if you're not already in a therapeutic container, then I highly recommend that you get into some therapy get some support get some help right shadow work is not meant to be a replacement for therapy it is a way for us to you know do this self reflection and do this transmutation on our own or in conjunction with therapy but never instead of okay okay so the first portion here is this very intellectual space where we are we're thinking about these blocks these obstacles these limiting beliefs we're unpacking them we're thinking gosh does that mean what I think it means? Does that mean what I've always said it means, right? Does that mean what society has always told me that it means about me? Or is that actually not true, right? A lot of this first part of shadow work is about questioning. It's about saying, hmm, I've always thought that, right? Subconsciously, or even sometimes very consciously, but actually I'm now I'm questioning it. Now I'm not sure if that's actually reality. Or if it is reality, do I have to still, you know, participate in that reality, right? Is there another reality that might also be possible? Um, So this first part, we are really reflecting. We're often doing a little bit of reframing or a lot of reframing, right? Especially if we are integrating, right? If our next step is going to be to integrate a shadow. And a really good example of this is anytime we're told we're too much, right? You're too emotional, right? Okay. Well, no, actually it turns out I need to reframe that. I'm not too emotional. I am really in touch with my emotions, which a lot of people are not very in touch with my intuition. And I'm able to process and move through my emotions instead of repressing them and burying them. And guess what? That's actually a massive gift, for example, right? I realized as I was saying that one, that one might've been personal, not just an example, but I think you get the point. And I think it probably resonates for a lot of you. So a lot of times we're doing this reframing, right? Where we're saying, okay, no, actually this isn't a bad thing. This isn't a limit. This is actually a gift. This is a superpower. So we're in this space. Awareness, acknowledgement, understanding, processing, right? But what is so important about shadow work, specifically from a magical or from a witchcraft perspective, from a spiritual perspective, is that we go beyond that right? We move beyond just the mental space. The mental space is incredibly powerful. Our minds and caring for our mental health is an essential part of our spirituality. No matter what practices might go into that for you, the mind is a very powerful tool. It's a very powerful part of who we are and it is very much in need of our attention and our care. But it's not the only part of who we are right? We also need to make sure that we are tapping into our intuition, into spirit, into our own power, into our higher selves, right? And so shadow work really helps us to go beyond just the mental space. Once we've sort of done that mental intellectual piece, okay, now how do we take it into the larger, into the larger world, into the spirit realm, right? Um, into our own spirit. So there are a bunch of different ways we can do this. Um, So one way, of course, is to actually practice magic, as I mentioned, right? So once, once you've kind of gone through this intellectual process of shadow work and you sort of know, like, okay, I've worked with this shadow, you know, I know that I'm well, let's take it through each example. Okay. I know that I'm ready to release it. Right. I know that I've held this belief for a long time and now I know that it's just not true anymore. Right. I don't have to believe this. I can release it. Okay, cool. Right. Now we might do some releasing magic around that. Um, right. Using the elements can be really powerful here. Um, so, you know, you might write down the, the shadow that you are releasing and, Uh, burn it of course in a fire safe container is a popular one to do Uh, but you might use the other elements as well right you might tear write it on a leaf and tear the leaf up and scatter it into the breeze Um, you might uh, you know write it on a piece of paper and then soak it in water until the paper dissolves Uh, you might uh, write it on a piece of paper and bury it give it back to the earth Um, or again write it on a leaf would be another good option there So using the elements to release, to to take the shadow kind of out of yourself and to give it back to the earth, give it back to nature, um, that can be a really powerful way to work a little magic in releasing a shadow that you know you just don't need to hold anymore. Then we can also integrate shadows, right? So we can say, okay, I've worked with this shadow, I understand it, and I'm reframing it. I've changed my mind, right? This thing that I thought was a negative is actually really great, is actually a gift. Um, We can certainly do some magic around that too. I think maybe doing some candle magic around that would be really good um, to kind of like reshape, uh, you know, how you're seeing that shadow. So like an example of how you might do that is to take like a pillar candle and you might write um, a a particular, I would probably choose like one word or a short phrase that you could carve into the top of the candle that represents the old belief And then towards the bottom of the candle, carve the new belief, right? And then as you burn the candle, you're releasing the old and calling in the new, the reframe, right? The new version. Um, So we can do magic pretty much no matter what we choose to do with our shadows, but especially if we're really choosing to transmute them, if we're choosing to say, now I think it's important to distinguish that the difference between integrating a shadow and transmuting a shadow is pretty subtle in a lot of ways. But I think when we need to transmute is when we're still, it still feels a little sticky, right? So like, let's use this too emotional example. Let's say that you've worked with this, you know where it comes from, you've really unpacked it for yourself and you're like, I want to integrate it. I want to say that like, no, actually being a really emotional person, an emotional being is actually a gift, but maybe you still have some doubts about it, right? It's, you're having trouble really getting it to stick, <laughs> right? That new belief. So really transmuting it, doing some magic to totally transform, not just like a mental reframe, but a total energetic transformation of that belief might be what's called for, okay? So kind of like the subtle distinction there. So you might do something like that candle magic ritual that I just described, but you might really go a lot more all in with it, right? You might call on your plant allies and your crystal allies, You might use ones that are specific for shadow work. So for example, some uh, plant allies that are great for shadow work are, um, let's see, uh, mugwort is really good. Um, I think really any of the kind of like intuitive plants. So like valerian, right? The things that kind of lavender, things that are really like nurturing and gentle, help us to rest, help us to sleep, um, can be really... Uh, supportive for shadow work. Um, crystals, my favorite shadow work crystals are smoky quartz, obsidian, um, maybe black tourmaline. These are really powerful for helping us to go into the depths and to stay grounded while we do so, right? Because, like I was saying earlier in the episode here, you know, sometimes shadow work can be very tender, it can be very triggering at times, and sometimes we need to really get support with that. From a therapist, sometimes our our plant and crystal allies, the earth, right, all of our spiritual tools can also be supportive, depending on, you know, kind of where you're at on that spectrum of feeling triggered by something. And that's something that you need to, you know, kind of unpack for yourself and decide is it time that I get additional support on this or, you know, are these allies enough right now? Um, But sometimes those uh, plants and crystals and, you know, any other allies that you're calling on. They can be really supportive in helping us to go into some of those tender parts of ourselves that our ego or that society really tells us are not particularly safe, right? That no, it's not safe to go there. We don't think about that thing because it's uncomfortable, right? Um, Our plant and crystal allies, I think smoky quartz is my favorite for this for sure, um, can help us to go into those uncomfortable places and stay grounded, right? Stay rooted in our bodies, in ourselves, in our sense of self um, without kind of losing ourselves in that. Personal underworld, right? So, calling on some plants and crystals um, or other tools, right, that can help you to practice this magic, can, to help you transmute and transform a shadow, a limiting belief um, into a superpower uh, can be really, really powerful. I mean, you might make a whole altar to this new belief that you're calling in, right? I mean, there are so many ways you could go about this. Um, And you might also call on some allies that are specific to the new belief that you're creating as well, right? So with this being told that we're too emotional example, right? Um, It might be that we are going to call on the water element, right? Maybe you're going to have a bowl of water on the altar or you're going to do a ritual at um, the ocean, right? Uh, Maybe we're going to have some really intuitive Uh, Crystals and plants like lavender and fluorite and labradorite, right? These just really um, allies that are really beautiful for helping us connect to our emotions and honor them, right? So you can see how you can really turn this shadow work magic, this transmutation into its own really whole beautiful process and ritual in and of itself. Now, the other thing that I wanna speak to here is using astrology in our shadow work, right? You guys know I am an astrologer and I am all about the astrology. Um, In fact, I just attended over the summer an astrology conference in Oxford, uh, with the faculty of astrological studies, which was incredible. I mean, we talked so much about this kind of like psychological astrology. Um, and astrology can be so, so powerful and supportive when we are doing shadow work and really all through the whole process. So right from the awareness phase, right? Things in our chart, uh, particular parts of our chart can help us notice where we might have some shadows. It can help us notice where um, we maybe haven't been conscious of a belief that might be holding us back. So some parts of the chart that we can look to for this. Um, one is Chiron. Um, is a really, really powerful part of the chart for uh, shadow work and for wounds. So Chiron is the wounded healer and represents... Uh, both your core wound and your healing gifts. So for example, like if you have Chiron in Aries, then your core wound may be around seeing yourself as powerful, seeing yourself as worthy, right? It's very much about um, your own identity and your relationship with your identity. But if you have that placement, you know, as you begin to heal your relationship to self, and your relationship to anger and passion, um, you are able to help others with those things as well, right? So Chiron is very, very powerful, often a very karmic placement. So Chiron can be a really powerful place to look in the chart to understand like, what are some of my core shadows? Am I conscious of them? Or do I feel really resistant to them? Like what's coming up there? Um, Black Moon Lilith is another good thing to look to in the chart for our shadows. Um, Lilith is the lunar apogee. She is actually a point on the moon's orbit, the point that is farthest away from the earth. Um, and she really represents like our darkest selves, our shadow self, our inner witch, right? She is both like our most powerful empowered self And often the parts of us that are taboo or that society tells us are too much or not enough or not okay, right? So Lilith looking to the sign and house of both Chiron and Lilith can really point us to some very deep, very core wounds and shadows that we may want to work with and start to become aware of and go through this whole process of shadow work with. Now, two other, I think, really important parts of the chart to look for shadow work um, or to look for shadows are the 8th house and the 12th house. So uh, we all have all 12 signs somewhere in our charts, even if you don't have planets in all of them. Um, And so you have a sign in the 8th house in your chart and a sign in the 12th house. You may also have planets in one or both of those houses or you may not. Um, So looking to these parts of your chart or having an astrologer do so for you, you're going to want to look at what sign do I have in the 8th house and what sign do I have in the 12th house and then do I have any planets there or the sun or the moon or anything else, right? Um, And these different themes, um, you know, as you kind of weave them together, are going to also tell you a lot about shadows you may want to work with. So, for example, um, well, the eighth house is uh, similar to Lilith. The eighth house is very much about taboos. It's about shadow work. It's about our personal underworld. um, It's about the parts of us that. Are sometimes triggering for others, um, especially if you have a lot of planets there, like I do. <laughs> um, it's very much the house of the witch. It's about sex. It's about death. It's about transformation. It's about money. Um, so the eighth house is this very taboo space, and then the twelfth house, which is the last house in the chart. The 12th house is a very subconscious realm and the 12th house can be a very tender place for shadows because it's often things that are more unconscious or subconscious, right? Things we aren't particularly aware of um, that may take a little bit more work to really bring that awareness and acknowledgement piece into reality. Um, so you're going to look at, do I have, what signs do I have in these two houses? Do I have any planets there as well? Um, and these four things of the eighth, 12th house, Chiron, Lilith, um, are really going to point you to so much for you to unpack. No, I don't really recommend trying to do them all at once because you may, you may feel very bogged down in it, right? I always like to say that one of the only basically universal things among witches is that we all do shadow work right? Um, Or we all should be. It's one of my only shoulds is everybody should be doing shadow work in some capacity because it's about self-awareness and it's about facing the darkness. It's about transmuting the darkness, right? Being witches is very much about going into that darkness, seeing that we all experience grief and loss and trauma in different ways. And that as witches, we are not only able to face those things and to move through them, um, but that doing so makes us human and makes us powerful and all of the above, right? And so shadow work, I really do think is a very essential practice, but the caveat there is none of us should be doing shadow work all day, every day, right? Shadow work is something that can be very tender. It can be at times, as I mentioned, very triggering, right? Uh, you might be in therapy, you might see a therapist every week, I do, um, but that doesn't mean that you're having the deepest, you know, most transformational conversations every single week, right? Shadow work is the same way. We don't wanna be deep in the underworld all the time. We have to come back up at times and, and find joy and live our lives. And whether that's you know kind of in an ongoing process or in different phases, different seasons of life, um, You know, we don't want to be doing shadow work all day, every day. And so I don't really recommend trying to look at all four parts these four parts of your chart all at once um, or trying to, you know, practice really in-depth shadow work about all of them all the time. Um, But they are really powerful things in your chart to look to. Now, the other way that I just want to share we can use astrology for shadow work is when we need to go to those underworld spaces, right? Remember I was talking about like using smoky quartz, for example, to be able to go into those uncomfortable, dark, shadowy parts of ourselves and to still stay grounded, right? To not get lost there. There are parts of astrology that can help us do the same thing. So uh, the moon is going to help you understand what you need in order to feel safe not just in your shadow work, but in every part of your life, but definitely that includes in your shadow work practice. What do you need to give yourself? How do you need to craft your shadow work practice in order to feel safe, in order to feel nurtured and that you are creating a safe space for yourself to have these experiences, right? Um, looking to Lilith is going to help you understand how you most naturally practice shadow work, right? As well as some shadows you might have. So looking to where black moon Lilith is in your chart, the sign and the house, um, that is going to help you to understand what your own shadow work practice needs to look like, right? Is it about journaling? Is it about voice notes? Is it about candle magic? Is it about crystals, right? Like it's going to give you a lot of insight and inspiration, Um, And then we can also sometimes look to other dark gods and goddesses in the chart. Um, so there are asteroids, tens of thousands of asteroids, many of which are named for gods and goddesses in mythology, including lots of wonderful dark goddesses. Um, so you might find a dark goddess or god um in your own pantheon or that you feel really called to, or that's part of your ancestral cultures um, to look to in your chart, to call on them, call on your unique personal relationship with them um, to help really guide you and and foster you through this shadow work process. So for example, maybe you're going to call on Persephone and you're going to find the asteroid Persephone in your chart and see what sign and house do you have Persephone in? um, And how can you use the energy of those zodiac signs and energies um, to Practice shadow work in a way that feels really nourishing for you, in a way that feels like Persephone is there walking step by step with you uh, through the underworld, through that process. So there are so many different tools that we can call on, whether they are plants or crystals or candles or goddesses or asteroids, right? There are so many allies that we can call on to really help us practice the magic portion of shadow work. Right. So just to recap, we have the sort of intellectual first portion of shadow work, which is about becoming aware of a shadow, acknowledging that it exists, working to understand it. And then we have the more magical, intuitive part of the process, which is about choosing to release a shadow, to integrate it and reframe it, or to transmute it into a superpower, So I hope this has been helpful. Uh, Shadow work is such a big topic. um, And I think having some really tangible, actionable ways that you can practice it is so important um, and not just talking about it in the abstract. So I hope that you found this episode to be helpful in that way. Um, Be sure to remember to sign up for the summit. Um, In addition to all of the live presentations um, and pre-recorded sessions, many of which are going to be touching on shadow themes, we're actually going to be having a live panel discussion with me and some of our speakers all about shadow work. So if you loved this episode, if you're really curious about and interested in shadow work, um, definitely grab your free ticket to the summit in the link in the show notes. Um, That is going to get you access to everything, including the panel discussion, which I know is going to be so, so incredibly juicy. Um, so sign up for your free ticket to the summit. Uh, welcome to season five. Thank you again for listening, um, and I will see you in our next episode. As always, thanks for listening to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and it's my pleasure to be your host. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Much love from Lupin Hollow.